The Job Clinic with Leeds Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust. Robotic surgeon, medical photographer and other unusual careers in the NHS. Hello, I'm Caroline Verdon and welcome to episode one of The Job Clinic. So if you are anything like me, whenever you've thought about jobs in a hospital, uh, my mind goes straight to doctor, nurse, maybe admin, maybe porter at a push. But it turns out there are so many more jobs, some of which I've never even heard of before. And this podcast explores a number of those unusual roles. If you like what you hear, please do give us a follow, uh, write us a review, give us a five star. That'd be wonderful. This week, we are speaking to Michael Butterfield. So, Michael, what's your job title? My full job title is Chief Radio Pharmacy Technician. Now, I'll be honest with you, um, I'm picturing that scene from the start of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson goes and, and grabs that green glowing radioactive piece and sticks it in his back pocket and it, it all gets lost. Is your job anything like that? Absolutely not. There is nothing in our department that glows green at all. Ah. It, is, it is radioactive, but it's it's looks quite innocuous when you see it, I'm afraid. So what does your role involve? What do you actually have to do? So I manage the operational side of all the uh, the functions that we have at Radio Pharmacy. And basically, Radio Pharmacy is 80% of the doses we produce are for diagnostic use. So they're for scans of different types and to try and keep it to less science and more sort of layman's terms, it's merging radioactivity with a pharmaceutical and then that's injected into the patient's body. Um, and depending on what pharmaceutical you merge it with, that will either travel to the bone, to the lungs, to the heart, and you'll get a nice detailed scan of that particular area of the body. So the patient waits for a certain length of time depending on the scan. And then they go into a camera and the camera moves around and detects the radioactivity coming from the body. And then you can get a very detailed scan that can then help the doctors diagnose what might be wrong with the patient. I'm going to ask. Um, I can't promise I'm going to understand, but do your best. <laughs> I'll, t- um, I'll try. Tell me then, try and, try and explain to me what, what, what it is that you're using, what the radioactive material is. Radioactive. So um, if anybody asks me what radioactivity is, it's basically um, it's an unstable um, element. And in order to become stable, it gives off energy. And this energy is the radioactivity. And we can utilize this energy to get the scans. So the energy comes off as, as basically high intensity light that is picked up by the camera. So is it fairly dangerous being around radioactive materials every day? <sighs> I get asked this question all the time. Um, Obviously, people have a very clear idea of what radioactivity is from, say, watching Chernobyl or listening about nuclear weapons. Um, It's nothing like that at all. It's like any other job. Um, If you respect the rules, uh, you follow the procedures, um, it's a very safe job. Um, Obviously, you are at risk. You absorb radioactivity every day, uh, but the government guidelines are... clear rules about how much radioactivity you can absorb in a particular year and it's mine my deputy's job to manage that risk to our staff and make sure that they stay within limits by rotating jobs around so if somebody's exceeding a limit for a particular month or going close they'd have more desk based work and allow somebody else to step in so it's all a managed risk like every other job really 
And is there a lot of kit that you have to wear in order to protect yourself? So all our doses are produced in what's called an isolator. Um, and it is very similar to what you've seen on The Simpsons where his hands are in the, the gloves and you man- manipulate things behind leaded glass. Uh, we've got, we use a lot of leaded syringe shields. Uh, we always work on the premise that if you do everything as quickly as you can, uh, you shield everything and put as much distance between yourself and the radioactivity. That's how to keep it safe. So it's a lot of tongs, it's a lot of lead shields, um, working at distance and making sure you're not chatting about yesterday's episode of Coronation Street with your friend and delaying uh, making the dose. Get in, get it done as quick as possible and then get back out again. So do you have to get... Um, you, 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 you were talking about how um, you know you can only have certain levels of be around radiation, certain levels of it. Do you have to test yourself? How does that work? No, we're very low level. Um, there's different levels of classification. Um, a classified worker, uh, i.e., somebody who works perhaps at Sellafield, would have a greater risk, and their levels would be much greater. And because they're class- classified workers, they've had they would have annual health checks now. As non-classified workers, it's acknowledged we absorb much less. So we're only allowed 30% exposure than, say, somebody working in British nuclear fuel would do. As such, as long as we stay within those limits, we don't need any health checks. What what is it that, that you enjoy about it so much? Well, I actually started off as a pharmacy technician way back in, I'm not actually going to say when, because it gives my <laughs> age away. Um. And I've always loved science. I've always loved um, working in medicine and working with patients. And I got into an area called aseptic services, which was the preparation of chemotherapy, um, antibiotics, all, you know, working in a clean room, which is primarily what we do in radiopharmacy. Um, when this role came up seven years ago, it was a chance for me to work in a pharmacy background but with that physics on top of it, and it was really that that drew me to it. Um, I'm fascinated in physics. I watch all Brian Cox uh, programs. I'll sit down and read read books about physics and quantum physics for entertainment. So, yeah, I'm a complete science geek, really. <laughs> <laughs> and what if if somebody was looking at sort of getting into your role? What is the what's the best way? Well, it depends which part you want to come in at. Um, because I'm a pharmacy technician, um, I didn't actually go to university to qualify. Um, mine was all BTEC. Uh, I left school with good GCSE results, um, started doing A-levels, but because of my friend group at the time, they all left and got jobs and I was left studying with no money and I eventually dropped out of A-levels and, and got a pharmacy technician role that allowed me to earn some money get on the job training and go to college one day a week, get my BTEC in pharmacy and, and still have a career pathway, but without going to university. It's sometimes I, I've, I've looked back recently and thought, have I missed out? And could I have gone further? Did I have more potential than what I've done? But um, a couple of years ago, I actually completed a postgrad diploma despite not having a university degree in pharmaceutical technology and quality assurance because of the experience I'd gained on the job. So it was very much a a backdoor route into pharmacy without becoming a pharmacist. Now, for anybody academically minded, you can go into pharmacy as a pharmacist, do your pharmacy degree, and that would also bring you into radiopharmacy. 
but with a more clinical role rather than operational. It seems to me like it's a career that it's always going to be needed. You know, there are so many job roles, aren't there, where you think, well, that, that'll be replaced by a robot. Um, but something like this, it, it's, it, it sounds like it's, it's a good, steady career. I can't see anything changing, particularly within the next 10 to 15 years as regards radio pharmacy. Um, I'd say there's more opportunities than threats. Um, certainly, we're looking at, at leads at how we can interface with the region. Um, how we can get hold of radioactivity better, um, liaising with local companies to find out how we can produce radioactivity perhaps within the country rather than having to rely on imports, particularly in the light of uh, what's happened recently with Brexit and the challenges we've faced importing radioactivity into the country. That's fascinating. I've never even given a second thought to where we get our radioactive materials from. So yeah, what, what are they flown in? How does that work? They're either flown in or come via the channel tunnel, depending on, on what type of isotope it is. Uh, but we have had massive challenges over the last five years in terms of uh, when there were the problems with the channel tunnel and um, the people pick it in the channel tunnel. Um, a lot of our generators that we received were delayed by sometimes 48 hours, which severely impacts on the patient's uh, ability to have diagnostic doses. Um, but... That's that's what we're there for, to manage it and manage the supply. But yeah, it has massively impacted. Uh, there are no medical grade reactors in Britain. Uh, we're absolutely reliant on reactors in the Netherlands, Poland and France. What is for you just the best thing about doing your job? I just think it is the fact that I go in on a daily basis, uh, the doses that I make for the patients, I can see the patients through two windows because the, the doses, is, doses are delivered straight into the injection room and you can see the patient receiving it. There's not a lot of places in pharmacy where you're that directly in contact with the patient, particularly in the preparative side of pharmacy. A lot of the time in, in preparative services, you're making up cancer treatments for people that are just a name on a piece of paper whereas I can see these patients and I know what it means to them to be receiving this service. That's pretty incredible to be able to to have that link and to be able to physically see the difference that your work is making. Absolutely. Um, we get interaction with the patients sometimes as well through the windows because Patients being the curious things that they are, we'll, we'll have a look and wonder why we're all dressed with masks and hats and clean room attire. And um, we've even been called the umpalumpers before now because of how we're all dressed. <laughs> and the fact that I'm only five foot four probably uh, <laughs> made them say that as well. <laughs> If you'd like to find out more about what it's like to be a chief radio pharmacy technician, there's more details in our show notes. On next week's episode, we will be speaking to Beth Tapster, who is a corporate support librarian. The mind boggles. The Job Clinic with Leeds Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust. Robotic surgeon, medical photographer and other unusual careers in the NHS. The Job Clinic is an under-the-mast audio production.